You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us on the show today, on the show this month, on the show this year. Um, this is episode issue 102, and I do believe that this is the last issue of the year. The next issue will be the beginning of of year year three i get well wait a minute one year two years it's the end of two years the next episode after this is our two-year anniversary with a very special guest who i might have said in a previous episode but if i haven't um you'll hear who the end of the, who the guest is at the end of this episode or the end of this issue um before we get to the issue though today you know what it is. Well, you know what you have to do. Um, you have to hit us up on the social medias. If you can hit us up on the old Twitter at TNWPod, give us a like, give us a favorite, and give us a follow. Uh, find us on Spotify. Give us a follow on Spotify and give us a like over there. Uh, give us a share, 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 share something. Share whatever. Share the podcast. Uh, if you are following us on Facebook, thank you very kindly. Uh, follow us on there. Find us on there. Talking Wrestling. Just like Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. T-A-L-K-N-W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G. Talkin' Wrestling. Find us on Facebook. If you haven't been on Facebook and you're on Instagram, we are Talkin' Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's probably my uh, the most number one used social media that we use the most. Uh, so check us out there. Of course, if you are on iTunes... Uh, give us a favorable review and a five-star five star rating and a favorable review, and we will send you a postcard. And remember, uh, today, speaking of postcards from the 80s of the wrestlers, uh, remember, if your question is read on the air today, um, hit us up, send us a Gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com, or hit us up on the Twitter or on any of the socials and let us know that your question got read, and then we will need you to send you your, the address, and then we can send you the postcard. And that's how that's going to work. Because today is the Q&A. Question and answers. You ask the questions, I'll give the answers, and that is that. Um, so that will be very exciting. That will be very exciting. That will be a great moment. Uh, if your question gets read on the air, oh my God, the hundreds of people that be sitting at home going, fuck, I want to ask that question. Well, you never mailed in the question to talkingwrestling at gmail.com for the show today. And that's what the show today is, a Q&A, and that's how we're going out the last episode of the year before we get to the two-year anniversary on July 4th. Ooh, it's coming up so cool so soon so soon and this july 4th oh my god let me tell you 
This episode is going to be great. This issue is going to be fantastic. This issue, you think, the, oh my God, I think July 4th, I think Great American Bash, and there's no more Great Americans than uh, the guests that we have uh, for next week. Now, enough about next week. Uh, let's talk about this week. So, um, first of all, uh, did you see the stomping grounds? I, uh, I I missed the stomping grounds because I went to Greek Town 2300, uh, which was fantastic. Got my picture with Sabu and the Super Genie. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not know who the Super Genie was, and I'm still not quite sure. I guess she's the, you know, I don't know if Bill Alfonso uh, got way better looking. But, uh, there's, you know, at least they don't have to listen to that whistle during an entire match. So, she was fantastic. Uh, I got a picture, uh, signed by Sabu. And there's, there's two picture options. There's one of Sabu pointing to the sky. And then there's the other one of Sabu, uh, with her. And, um, and she's like, which one do you want? I was like, uh, Sabu, please. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, you don't like girls? And, um... I was like, well, I like girls, but um, I also like Sabu's iconic pose better. So that's why I'm going with that one. And she's like, fair enough. You know, and she just signs it. I'm like, who cares if I don't like girls? Who cares? It's Pride Week in Toronto. Talk about the, the wrong time to throw the, you don't like girls? No, I like men. What's wrong with it? You got a problem with that? You got a problem with with uh, people not liking the same things that you don't like. I don't understand, but I just found it a little weird. She's just upset that I didn't get a picture of her. She signed the picture of Sabu regardless. Um, so, But Sabu's match against Channing Decker was just right out of an ECW catalog. I've never seen that many chairs. Like the last time I saw that many chairs thrown, um, I don't even remember the last time I saw that many fa- chairs thrown. So many chairs were thrown. Uh, just like, oh my God, poor Channing Decker took so many chairs to the head. Uh, there was barbed wire. Uh, there was a, a, a spike. He was using the Asian spike at one point. Uh, just, oh my God. Uh, not only that, tables and chairs and barbed wire. And what a, what, you know, when, when you expect Sabu matches, uh, you expect violence and, uh, Sabu did not fail to disappoint. Fantastic. Greek Town has been pulling in. Like, they bring in a lot of ECW guys over the years. They brought Tommy Dreamer they've been bringing back. They brought back McFoley. Uh, they brought in Tajiri. Um, I've seen I've seen many ECW guys. Mikey Whipwreck, where they brought back. Um, and this time they had the big... Uh, the, I don't know why I saw him the big. Well, he is big. Uh, the Blue Meanie. The Blue Meanie was... Uh, was there i noticed on the blue meanie's ankle he's got a um a band that goes around his ankle and it's the van halen stripes with uh blue stripes on the very top and bottom but all the red white and black stripes uh are are, are filling the bar so i'm i've guessed that he's uh, not only a beatles fan but he's also a van halen fan so he likes good music um i didn't get a chance to talk to blue meanie um, as, uh, you know, I went to Sabu and spent my money with Sabu and, um, yeah, it was great. 
And not only was Sabu and the Blue Meanie there, uh, the franchise, Shane Douglas, was there. Now, you may think, what is the franchise? Is it Walmart? No, it's EC Dub. It's Triple Threat. You know, he uh, he gave uh, props to Bam Bam Bigelow and to Chris Candido, who weren't there with him, obviously. Uh, it's more likely that he'll join them than they'll join him. And uh, it was a nice moment. And uh, it was a great show. Uh, he, he wrestled Jock Sampson. Uh, Jock Sampson is a real man. Uh, you know, he's the king of the one-night stands. He hasn't won a wrestling match, I don't think, yet this year. But uh, he is entertaining as hell. And overall, what a great night of wrestling in Greektown. RJ City steals the show uh, again. Um, RJ will uh, be defending his sash next uh, Greektown. And uh, Channing Decker uh, will be defending uh, the, the title uh, against Rhino, who will be coming to town. So um, that's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm excited for it. And uh, we watched the, we went to that live program. Um, that was Sunday night. And then my roommate and I came back and we put on Stomping Grounds. Oh, what, what are we going to say about Stomping Grounds? The, the, the title is horrible. Like, you know, the fact is, it didn't, like, you, you, you banned the curb stomp for the longest time, and now he's now Seth Rollins can use the curb stomp, but we know Seth Rollins is going to be in the main event, and we know he's going to win, and um, you know that's just uh, ridiculous to think that he wouldn't win. It's 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 called stomping grounds. He's the only wrestler that's doing a stomp of any kind. You know, you'd think that uh, Ronnie Garvin was coming back. But uh, I do believe not. And uh, so Stomping Grounds uh, was okay. They had moments of greatness. Like the the, the cage match was uh, or was enjoyable between Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler. Um, especially the way they ended it. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it. But the ending was, uh, was fresh. It wasn't like a regular ending that like I've usually seen. It was something new. And something enjoyable. And anytime there's something new and enjoyable brought to any wrestling match, um, it, uh, it it makes it it makes it fun. Um, <coughs> okay, I will talk about this. Um, I'm not a fan of Becky and Seth Rollins and their relationship being public. You want to know how to stop the momentum of the man? you make her lesser by being dependent on Seth Rollins or vice versa. You know how to stop Seth Rollins? Like he's finally out in his own. There's finally no more shield. Finally, Seth Rollins can shine. No, he's got to be linked up to Becky. And, and it just, you know, Becky was in the first match of the night. And it's just so funny. Like if she's going to do a run in on the last match of the night, two hours later, I don't know. You'd think you'd be out of your gear by then. You'd think you'd be in your street clothes, just hanging out in the back. I don't understand why she's still wearing her wrestling gear, um, you know, at the very end of the pay-per-view when she's not included in the very end of the pay-per-view unless she already knew what was going to happen at the very end of the pay-per-view and knew that she was going to have to come down and do a run-in and a save. 
see, it's when I watch wrestling and I see that and I see her come out and I'm like, why is she still in her gear? That's the first thing I ask. Why is she still in her gear? Like, what? that doesn't make sense. It's two hours later. You, you, Has she not showered yet? Like, Jesus, Becky. You know, I just, maybe I'm nitpicking on things, but these are the things that bother me in wrestling. It's not necessarily all the storylines and all this and all that. It's just the little, little things like that. Like, you know, and now, you know, Becky and, and I just, you know, it's just, I think it's dumb. And now they're going in extreme rules. Seth Rollins and Becky versus Lacey Evans and, uh, and Baron Corbin. And, you know, uh, I'm glad the way they're using Lacey. I think she is good and she's entertaining and, um, you know, it's fresh again. We're not seeing the same old thing. It's not Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, you know, we're getting to see other women come in, but, um, you know, I do wish that uh, they would focus on the women division more. Like, they brought in tag team belts, but they didn't bring in any tag teams. What's that all about? The Iconics are the only... The Iconics should be the champion because they're the only team. They're the only legitimate tag team. Like, yeah, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville hang out with each other. They drive everywhere with each other. But are they actually a tag team yet? Are, are, are they? I don't know. Are they? Are they? Who knows? Um... You know, invent some tag teams. Invest in some tag teams. Not even invent. Invest in some tag teams. You know, I would like to see more tag team wrestling in the female division. Um, you know, maybe Riot Squad become better somehow. That's your only other tag team, really. And they're a trio. So, with that said, uh, those are my gripes of Stomping Ground and the stupid name. However, I will say Raw this week, really enjoyed it. Uh, some really good matches, including AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. And man, they're pushing Kofi. Kofi beats Dolph Ziggler, and then he beats, uh, who? And then he wrestles with AJ Styles. Has a great match. Was it Kofi Kingston and AJ Styles? No, it wasn't. I'm an idiot. Kofi Kingston beat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on the same night after beating Dolph Ziggler in a cage the night before. And then he beat Dolph again on Tuesday night. So they're really, really putting Kofi over. And uh, he's really on his stride right now. And uh, I'm sure he's enjoying being the champ. However, uh, the match that I want to talk about, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, whew, that was a great one. That was fantastic. And uh, that's all I can say about that. I don't want to ruin it. But it seemed like it was a good half-hour match on SmackDown, and uh, it was just fantastic. So, anyway, that's all that's going on. Uh, it's the summertime, uh, and things are happening. we got some great cards coming up in the future. we got SummerSlam coming up and SummerSlam Week, which will be amazing. However, that's a long way away. But right now, it is Q&A. Get to the question mailbag. All right. Reaching into the mailbag, or well, or going online, and uh, this one, I'm not going to say who sends these, I'm not going to say, I guess I could say where they're from, but, um, but, uh, 
yeah, if you recognize your question, uh, let us know, and we will get you that postcard. So um, here we go. Um, what is the best uh, wrestling event uh, or wrestling moment that you've experienced live? Uh, that is a very good question. I don't even know if I've tackled that ever on the show. Um, the best wrestling event or moment that I've experienced live, uh, I'm going to have to say it's one of two, two, um, things. Uh, I was very privy and very lucky to go to the wrestling superstars taping back in, uh, I believe it was 1991. Uh, the date might've been September 8th, I think. Uh, the tapings were in Ottawa, and Ric Flair made his WWE televised debut in the WWF back then. Uh, he, he was at the Ottawa Civic Center. He came into the ring, and uh, he didn't even come into the ring. The Anvil Neidhart was waiting in the ring to wrestle him. And Ric Flair walked in, and uh, Piper and Macho Man were on commentary with Vince McMahon, and uh, we all remember what happened. Ric Flair started mouthing off to Piper, showing him what the real world title looked like, and he uh, told Piper to get a good look, get a good look, and then uh, whether Piper got a good look or not, he Ric Flair gave him a good look and smacked him across the face uh, with that belt, and that smack, you could hear it smack, like right across the arena. Uh, it was so loud, and um, I could not believe it. I was cheering because I'm a huge Ric Flair fan. Uh, even back then, I was a huge Ric Flair fan, and um, this was on the Ric Flair DVD, and it shows as soon as the uh, his music hits, you can see off in the distance uh, a white shirt stand, and I can tell you that white shirt did stand, and that white shirt did woo and that white shirt was me um it's always great when you can pick yourself out of a a wrestling event and uh oh that's me and whether people believe you or not it's up to them but i assure you that was me uh a, a little sidebar to the rick flair attack on piper um so it wasn't a match it was just an attack everything went crazy macho man could not attack rick flair because uh, macho man was suspended at the time um, but what did happen was Roddy Piper ended up hitting Vince McMahon in the back with a wooden chair. And this would be the first bump ever that Vince McMahon would take on television in the WWE. So not only did we see Ric Flair's debut into the WWE, uh, we got the, um, the first bump that Vince McMahon ever took in wrestling all in one moment, in one segment. So that, I think, to me, might have been the greatest thing I've ever seen live. However, um, I was at Su Survivor Series in Toronto a few years ago and uh, for Goldberg and uh, Brock. And there was a five-on-five -five SmackDown versus Raw men's match before that that went an hour. And it was amazing. And we're like, how is Brock and Goldberg going to follow this? They're not going to be able to follow it. There was no way they could possibly follow it. Like, when I think of Goldberg, 
and the WWE, I think of how Goldberg's WWE career was fucked. Like, it wasn't good because they put him in different tights. They put him in biker shorts, and they put a a trim on him. They tried to make him white. They tried to make his... His lo- his tattoo, the logo, and was on his ass, and they were just they just they put their own touches on Goldberg, and never made and it was never the same. And a Goldberg match is two minutes long. Goldberg comes in, he he breathes the the the, the sparkles that he walks through, the the sparklers or the the pyro, and he breathes it out, and then he. Uh, he walks to the ring, snorting, and after headbutting a few lockers in the back, and uh, and he comes down to the ring, and then he uh, destroys his opponent in in a few minutes. This is how we've seen uh, at least a hundred Goldberg matches like this, and um, no one was expecting that at Survivor Series in Toronto. I was not expecting Goldberg to win. I was expecting Brock to win. But what the amazing thing was is they didn't give us the WWE Goldberg that I had come to despise over the years uh, because of the... I liked the WCW Goldberg. I didn't like admitting that I liked it, but I'm admitting it now that I liked it. Before I used to go on stage at Yuck Yucks when I was first starting out, I used to pretend I was Goldberg in the green room. And I'd do all those... Uh, 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 those movements that he used to do, like the the arm movements and everything that he'd do, and I didn't headbutt a locker or anything like that. And my question: If you people are worried about concussions and wrestlers and the WWE being responsible for their concussions of the people that get concussed while wrestling, uh, what if you're an idiot and you just headbutt a locker before a match and you concuss yourself? Is the WWE responsible because you're a fucking idiot? I'm just asking for Goldberg's sake. Because at the Saudi Arabia show, as you all seen, Goldberg came into the ring, uh, pretty much already with a little bloody dot on his forehead, and then that little bloody dot opened up into a big blood pile. A big bloody pool pile. Pile of pool. Pool of pile. Pool of, pool of, blood, pool of blood. So, is that on McMahon or is that on Goldberg? I don't know. I think it's on the guy who chooses to headbutt lockers. So, with that said, what I loved about the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match was I was expecting Brock to win. Probably about a 10-minute match. But what we got instead was we didn't get WWE Goldberg. We got WCW Goldberg, who showed up and beat Brock inside three minutes, which was unexpected. And that spear... And then he hit him with a second spear, and I was, I was marking out, I was marking out. I could not believe how great that match was, and how perfect it was to end Survivor Series in Toronto, which I thought was one of the best Survivor Series ever, at least for me. Until I went to Staples Center the next year, which was pretty good Survivor Series too, if you like Enzo Amore getting kicked out. Um, so that is it. Um, those are my two greatest moments. Goldberg's comeback against Brock Lesnar and, uh, Ric Flair's debut in the WWE. Um, if you have a greatest moment, uh, you know, throw it up in the Twitter. 
That's what I ask you. Get at the TNW pod. All right. Next question. Hmm. Do you think AEW will be better than the WWE? Well, that's a question from Buffalo. And uh, thank you, Buffalo. I love Buffalo. Uh, I love your wings. And I love your football team. And I like going down there for uh, concerts and uh, hockey games. Uh, Buffalo, rock on. Uh, Go Bills. Uh, It was funny when I met Lex Luger last weekend. uh, He was wearing a Bills hat. And I've never really been a Lex Luger fan. But the fact that uh, Aaron Anderson canceled at the last minute and Lex Luger was able to replace him and come up from Buffalo to Kingston, Ontario uh, in a wheelchair. Now, the last season in a wheelchair, uh, the Lex Express is now no longer a bus. It's now a wheelchair. Uh, It's good to see he's still the Express. He's very quick in his chair. And uh, it was very nice, nice meeting Lex. And he had a Bills hat on, and we talked about uh, the Bills. I said, uh, you think Josh Allen is the, is, is the real deal? And he said, yep. I said, I think so, too. And then I said, it's too bad we have to wait till week three to uh, get our home opener this year. We could be 0-2 by then, or we could be 2-0. And, and I'm like, oh, I wish. Dare to dream. Oh, my God. If we're 2-0 going into the home opener, I'll be so happy. That's why I like the home opener every year, because the Bills are usually undefeated. Um, but not when it's the week three. Anyways, uh, Buffalo, yes, the question, do I think AEW will be better than WWE? Um, I don't even think AEW will compete with WWE, to be honest. I think the uh, the roster it has is, uh, you know, uh, it's, um, it's a glorified Ring of Honor uh, roster. Uh, you may disagree with me, but a lot of those guys were in Ring of Honor two years ago. Um... And it's sort of the, the best of what's left of the indies that hasn't gone to NXT. Um, the, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just, um, like, I just, you know, I just think that, look at, okay, what AEW does is constantly by mentioning WWE is they're putting themselves at the WWE's level. And they're not. They're just another independent promotion like uh, Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan. And I consider them one of those. And I don't consider those indies. These are these are wrestling organizations that are run by millionaires and billionaires. Impact has money behind it. Impact has stars. Brian Cage is a star. Tessa Blanchard is a star. Uh, Sammy Callahan, to me, is a star. Uh, John Morrison or uh, Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact, whatever you want to call Johnny this week, he's also a star. Those are four stars that I can think of off the top of my head. When I go to Ring of Honor, who's the stars in Ring of Honor? Marty Skrull? Okay. Brody King? Is he? I I like him. But is he a star? Are the Briscoe stars? I I don't know. I, I just... Ring of Honor used to have the Bucks. They were stars. And they used to have access to Kenny Omega. He was a star. You know, but um, I think that, uh, you know, that they just, AEW does not have the star power that the WWE has. And they're they're not, they've only had like a couple of shows to what, to, Decades and decades and decades and decades and decades upon decades 
of wrestling matches, you can't even put yourself in the same fucking category. But the fact is, AEW constantly does. They say they're not going to compete with the WWE, but they keep mentioning the WWE. And by mentioning the WWE, it's like they're putting themselves on their different le- on the same level as the WWE. You know, they should be going around talking about how they should be competing with Impact or New Japan, because New Japan and and Ring of Honor and AEW those are the should be the rivals. The New Japan coalition with Ring of Honor should be pissed off that AEW exists because All In, the first one, was basically a Ring of Honor New Japan card. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they thought it was, the G1 was going to be the exact same thing. But then based on that, Cody and the Young Bucks are like, we sold it out on our own. And, no, you didn't. Not really. But I get it, what you're saying. And uh, they tried to venture out on their own after that. And you know what? Rightfully so. But you, you're not competing with the WWE. It's like when back in the uh, early 90s, MC Hammer said uh, he wanted to have a dance-off with Michael Jackson so he could take the glove and give it to James Brown, who's the true best dancer out of all the performers. And he went around and he said that in all these interviews. And what it did was it put MC Hammer in the same conversation as Michael Jackson. And those two shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson, and, um, and MC Hammer is MC Hammer. Um, you know, so that's the example that I'm giving of AEW and will they be better than WWE? I don't think they will be better than WWE. Uh, I thought all out was okay. Um, it wasn't as good as all in, uh, Cody and, uh, and, you know, there were a lot of good moments, but, um, I don't know. I just don't see a... We'll have to see what their television is like in the fall with Tuesday Night Dynamite. Until then, I cannot fully answer this question. But thank you for sending it in, and uh, go Bills. What else do we got here? Um, Your taker story is the best. Why, thank you very kindly. Uh, Do you have any other stories of meeting wrestlers, and who were the coolest? Um, well, that's the one thing that, uh, this podcast has given me is the opportunity to meet wrestlers and, uh, interview them. And I gotta say the coolest has to be the man who brought the undertaker into wrestling, uh, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase and Rick Steamboat are the coolest guys, the coolest wrestlers, the talent, coolest talent that I've had on the show thus far. I'll just say that. Uh, when when we went to Ed DiBiase, we went down to Detroit uh, to meet up with him where he was doing a show at a comedy club in Detroit on a Sunday night. We met up with Ted on the Saturday night at the at a hotel bar, and uh, we we drank with him uh, until the bar closed. And uh, Ted told us stories, and we could ask him anything, and it was great. It was so much fun. And uh, the next day. We went and picked Ted up, and we went to Bob Evans for breakfast. And I'll never forget the look on the guy when he saw Ted DiBiase walk in. The, the, the server was like, oh, man, ain't no way Million Dollar Man's walking into my restaurant. Get out of here. And Ted's like, yeah, we're coming in here for some whatever breakfast. And uh, 
And the guy's like, did you bring Virgil with you? And he goes, no, we left him in the car. You know, we just, uh, just a joke like that was funny. And uh, just the experience of being with Ted all weekend. And then him doing the podcast and doing the promo where uh, he challenges me to eat three Pringles in a row. And if I can, I'll get 100 Canadian dollars. And as I eat the first one, I eat the second one. And the third one, he knocks out of my hand. I don't get to eat it, so I fail. He does his laugh. It's fantastic. And uh, I'm glad he participated in that in that little uh, promo, as well as I'm glad he participated in the show. Uh, the first question I asked him was uh, was a question given to me by my roommate, who I said, uh, now that's all said and done, do you think, you like back in the day, you bought the contract of Nikolai Volkov off Slick for one cent? And I said, in hindsight, uh, do you think that you got your money's worth out of Nikolai Volkov? Was that a good investment? And he was like, that's a serious question? I'm like, no, that's that's a joke. And then immediately he laughed like he does. And he said, I'll tell you this, I got a better return out of Nikolai than I've ever got out of Virgil. And uh, that was a great moment. And just a great man. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say Ted DiBiase, Ricky Steamboat. Uh, our show was uh, so much fun. I, I had so much fun with him just joking around, asking him if there were real ninjas that he fought back in the early 80s on Coliseum Video. Um, you know, uh, talked to him about, oh, my God, talked to him about Jericho and wrestling Jericho and coming back. Talked to him about wrestling Ric Flair and the night that he won uh, – that he lost the title to Ric Flair, and um, and then Rick he thought he was going to have a bunch of rematches lined up, but then uh, Terry Funk, uh, who was a judge of the, of the contest that night, attacked Ric Flair, piled drive Ric Flair through a table, and he said um, he didn't know that was going to happen, so all those rematches went away because uh, Terry Funk scooped his heat. And uh, he didn't even know that was happening. He wasn't happy about it. But uh, that's just the way wrestling goes sometimes. So uh, Steamboat and Ted DiBiase. And, uh, you know, thank you for bringing up the Undertaker story. If you haven't heard the Undertaker story, I think the best way to find it is uh, the the year-end Christmas episode of the first season. The Christmas uh, episode. The the best of festive episode. uh, The first one has the Undertaker story at the very end of it. So uh, it's live, recorded from the Ricky Steamboat show that I did with him here in Toronto. So check it out and listen to that and uh, enjoy the Undertaker story in all of its glory. Uh, Folks, we're on to the next question. On to the next one. Um, what, uh, What does this say? Oh, um... Who's the one wrestler that you'd like to interview on on uh, Talking Wrestling? It's a good question. Uh, the one person I'd like to get that I can never could get uh, is the number one person in wrestling, Vince McMahon. Who wouldn't want to sit down with Vince McMahon and uh, have an interview with him? You know, maybe I'll ask him about concussions and he'll get mad and he'll ruffle my papers. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. I love that interview. Uh, I would love to have any just one moment with Vince McMahon, one moment that I can remember, that's memorable. 
just to meet the man and just to thank him. Uh, I know he that people think he's off his rails and and uh, but I just think he, he's fascinating. You know, who wouldn't want to interview a modern day uh, Barnum and Bailey? You know, he's the greatest promoter in the world. And uh, yeah, Vince McMahon is undoubtedly that is the answer. That's uh, it's not even no brainer. So Vince McMahon is that. And that question uh, came from Wyoming. I don't even know anybody in Wyoming, but uh, thank you. Rob, the show is getting uh, getting there. Uh, do you have a greatest moment you saw live? Um, well, we sort of touched on that. That was uh, the Undertaker. That was the Ric Flair debut, and uh, the Goldberg match. Uh, what's the best wrestling event you've experienced live? Oh, I guess those are two different questions. Okay. The best wrestling event I experienced live? Oh, well, I've already said Survivor Series. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, 2016, All-Star Weekend, PWG, Night 2. Um, thanks to the boys that we watch wrestling for hooking this up. I got to go with Matt McCarthy and I got to experience PWG in all of its glory before it moved out of the Reseda region. And uh, I was just excited to be in Reseda because of the Karate Kid. But seeing PWG uh, was even better. And uh, the main event, Chucky Taylor versus Ricochet, uh, was phenomenal. Uh, Ricochet was amazing. Uh, I also got to see the Young Bucks. Uh, wrestle. Um, you got to see Walter versus Zack Saber Jr. Once I saw Walter that night, I was never the same again. Uh, that might have been one of the craziest matches I've ever seen. It wasn't even hardcore. It was just chop after chop, and Zack Saber was chopped up, and I love it because if you know me and Zack Saber Jr., I just think he's smarmy. I don't like the way he just weasels out of his moves, moves. Ah. That's the night I saw Walter for the first time, and uh, I'm a big Walter fan to this day. So the best live experience I've had at a wrestling event was uh, PWG. That uh, That is it. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. All right. Who's... Okay, this is coming in from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, of course, uh, greatest wrestling dynasty to come out of uh, Calgary. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Um, that's always a tough one because it's like, how do you, how do you decide on a Mount Rushmore? Now, there's a podcast called the Mount Rushmore Podcast where they do a Mount Rushmore of everything every week, and they've had me on this for the Mount Rushmore. Uh, oh no, they didn't have me for wrestling. They had me for the greatest Canadians of all time. And when it came to the greatest Canadians of all time on the show, I thought one, I thought I'd break it down into four different categories. Uh, politics and world effect. Um, entertainment and world effect. Um, greatest effect on Canada as a country. And, uh, and just being overall best Canadians. And so... The, the 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 I came up with uh, this one. I came up with Tommy Douglas uh, was is on there. I came up with Terry Fox. 
uh, is on there. Um, I came up with um, Neil Young. I felt should be on there. And uh, I can't remember who the fourth was. But I tried to pick, like, one person out of each division, like entertainment, politics, um, you know, and whatever, whatever. Oh, an athlete. Maybe, oh, an athlete, athlete. Oh, yeah, sports. Well, that's it. Sports was athletes. You know, you think Wayne Gretzky, but I think Terry Fox is a more important athlete than Wayne Gretzky in the in the scope of uh, what what they've done in Canada. Um, Neil Young has been a philanthropist uh, his entire life and uh, environmentalist, as well as one of the greatest rock stars to ever come out of Canada. Um, that's that's that. Uh, Tommy Douglas created our healthcare, and uh, you know, um, is the grandfather of Kiefer Sutherland. And uh, I can't remember who the fourth greatest Canadian was. Probably Bret Hart. I'm probably not, but still, I, I put Bret Hart very high up there, very high up on there. Um, although I can't remember who the fourth Canadian is right now. Oh, uh, I th- I believe I did put Alexander Graham Bell was the fourth um so those are the canadians but as far as my mount rushmore well um if you're doing it of all time i think you go bruno andre hogan and uh well it's a mountain so it's already made out of rock so do we put the rock in there? I'm gonna put the rock in there. So uh, yeah, that's what, who's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, Hogan, uh, the Rock, Bruno, and Andre. That's that's my four. Um, I'd love to put the Nature Boy in there, but I just when it comes to the argument of who's better, is it Hogan or is it Nature Boy? You know, the, first of all, the respect those two have for each other is amazing. Um, you know, Hogan knows that Nature Floyd is the greatest, and uh, Nature Boy knows that if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, nobody would know who he is. Really, is uh, the way I found out who Hogan uh, Nature Boy was was I would buy all these wrestling magazines with Hulk Hogan on the cover, and luckily inside there were a lot of articles about Nature Boy, and eventually I'd just start cheering for Ric Flair over Hogan because I got tired of the same old thing. So uh, that would be my four. That would be my four right there. Um, next question. Thank you for the Mount Rushmore question. Um, here's the next question here. In Canada, pot is legal. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, what wrestlers would you like to uh, smoke up with? Well, that's funny because we, um, we just talked about this. I believe it was the last issue or a couple issues back with Jeff McHenry. And, um, yeah, so the, I would have a list. Obviously, Matt Riddle. I would love to smoke with him. Uh, the Godfather. Uh, I'd love to smoke with him. The Road Dog, X-Pac. would love to smoke with them. Uh, anybody in DX would be great. Anybody in the NWO. If I could smoke a joint with Hogan, that would be the greatest. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Seem like really cool guys to smoke weed with. Um... Who else? Rob Van Dam, of course. 
Who wouldn't want to smoke weed with Juan Bandana? Um, I would smoke weed with basically any. It doesn't even have to be a wrestler. I'll smoke weed with you. How about you and I smoke weed? I love it. So, uh, yeah. A few of the answers there. Matt Riddle. Um, you know, uh, Rob Van Dam. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, Godfather. Uh, Val Venus. Val Venus is a heavy-duty pot guy. Love to smoke with Val Venus. Tried to get him on the show one time, and uh, things sort of just fell through. It didn't happen. So, um, I think that is it. Mount Rushmore. To, yeah, that is pretty much it. Um, yeah, that is it. Folks, if your question was read, you send us a uh, an email. And let us know that uh, you heard it on, on the show. And we will send you a postcard. Um, thank you, folks, for letting us put a headlock on your ears. And uh, for tuning in uh, to all these issues of Talking Wrestling. Greatly appreciated. And July 4th, the date of the Great American Bash. July 4th, Independence Day. We got probably the greatest All-American manager that uh, that there ever could be. The man who sings All American Boys. That's right, the Rougeau's theme song, as well as many other theme songs. Uh, Sexy Boy. He wrote that. He wrote uh, Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. Of course, uh, he wrote We Will Keep On Dancing by the Gentries. Uh, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, will be here with us July 4th. We had him uh, a couple weeks back at Chinlock 5. We met him, we drove him to Toronto. And much like the Ricky Steamboat episode, uh, we do a ride-along with Jimmy Hart. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, of all the wrestlers, I talked about Ted DiBiase and how great Ted DiBiase and Rick Steamboat were. Put Jimmy Hart right up there on top because uh, this is a hell of an interview. And Jimmy Jimmy Hart is just, um, he might be one of the nicest people I've ever met. So with that said, uh, tune in to our next episode, July 4th, Jimmy Hart. Then we're going on a hiatus for two weeks. We'll have two weeks off. Uh, we're going to play, um, I do believe we're going to play the Ted, Ted DiBiase episode again, and maybe an episode with Tommy Dreamer after that, and then we'll be back uh, in uh, near the end of uh, July. So we're uh, just taking some time off, trying to get some uh, episodes, issues in the can, and uh, trying to formulate a plan for SummerSlam because there's a lot of wrestling going on that week, including Ring of Honor, Smash vs. Progress. Uh, so many rest- so much wrestling is going on. Uh, we're just trying to pick and choose uh, what we're going to do. And, of course, the Rec Room, Dolph Ziggler Comedy Tour, the DZ Comedy Tour. You want to come check that out because not only are you going to see DZ, uh, you're going to see his friend Sarah uh, Tianta, I do believe her name is. And uh, she's very funny. I've seen her on roast battles. And you're going to get to see me, Casey Corbin. Very talented. So, folks, uh, check that out. It's on after takeover. Basically, uh, you walk down the street. You walk out of the venue. You walk down the street that was become Jurassic Park. And uh, go to the rec room right across from the Sky Dome. And we will be in the back and we will be partying. The WrestleManiacs will be playing, and uh, 
the tunes will be thumping and the bass will be bumping. And, uh, you know, we're going to have one hell of a show on the uh, the DZ Comedy Tour. Uh, so, folks, with that said, I've already said it. Thanks for letting us put a lock on your ears for this episode, this issue of Talking Wrestling. Uh, join us next week for our two-year anniversary with Jimmy, the mouth of the South heart. Until then, rock on. All right, later. Who says rock on? It's wrestling. Damn it. All right, have a good day. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.